Welcome back to the Talking Thomas podcast, your podcast for all things Thomas and Friends, Shining Time Station, the Railway Series, etc. I'm Tony. And I'm Orion. And uh, we're here doing another Railway Series book review. Uh, we've done quite a few of them so far. And we're on to book number eight, Gordon the Big Engine. So, um, which uh, Gordon... I don't know, for some reason, Gordon's always been an interesting character, to me at least, and so uh, it's it's nice to see him have a book. And these, while not necessarily among my favorite stories per se, uh, the, the adaptions of these stories ended up being pretty good, I think, for the most part. So, um, But yeah, so we're talking about Gordon the Big Engine this week, and uh, so let's, uh, we begin, of course, uh, what are your general thoughts on Gordon the Big Engine. I think it's a good book. I mean, uh, it's it's not necessarily one of my favorites. Right. Um, but uh, it's a good, you know, kind of middle period mm-hmm. uh, book for, uh, more early middle period, I guess, mm-hmm. book for the Reverend W. Audrey. Um, and uh, it has some, has some nice stories in it. Um, it's nice that we do get, uh, again, another Thomas story, yep. uh, just like we had a Thomas story in Toby the Tram Engine. So, uh, once really once again showing that that Thomas really was a a great mine, mm-hmm. no pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, for for story material for the railway series going forward. Even even if he wasn't the main uh, character in the particular book, right? Um, that the story was located in. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a nice book, um, and uh, and as you said, each of the stories was uh, was given a, a pretty good treatment in uh, in the TV series, um, with uh, with one ex- exception. I would say one story I think was a little weak, yeah. uh, we- weakly adapted. Um, but we'll, we'll we'll get to that when we discuss that particular we episode as well. Um, but uh, yeah. But yeah, and and is this, um, I can't quite remember, but is this the first time that the forward is addressed to a specific name Um, other than Christopher, of course? I believe that, I believe so, because this one is addressed to Ian, and I believe with the exception of, of course, Thomas the Tank Engine itself, uh, all of the others are just dear friends, but... uh, Yes. Uh, so this this is the first time that it's addressed to someone other than just dear friends or Christopher. Yeah, it's a nice little touch there. Um, and once again, also in the foreword, we do have the phrase really useful engine yes. used again. So it, w- once again, establishing that that will become one of the main phrases of the, the railway series, one of the most recognizable phrases for people who are even vaguely familiar with the railway series. <laughs> Though not necessarily as overused as it would become later. Very true. Um, but no, it's, it's a fine phrase, you know, and, and it is, it, it's nice to have that bit of uh, recognition there. I mean, as, aside from, of course, the characters all looking uh, the same now, um, you know, it, it's good that we do have that through line of a uh, really useful engine, I think. And it, you know, it's certainly inspired quite a few people, in, including, uh, people who write musicals <laughs> so yes um very yes uh so jumping in we have our first story which is off the rails which i i always enjoyed this story and it is of course based on uh as most of these are a a real incident that happened at the uh, south lynn in norfolk uh when a, a apparently a 
uh, 4MT uh, was being turned to get trained back to Peterborough. And uh, according to a newspaper cutting that the Reverend had, um, it happened sometime around 1950, although uh, the cutting doesn't give an exact date. It was uh, from the 50s. And uh, the method used to rescue the locomotive is exactly the same as it was described in this uh, newspaper. So I found that quite interesting. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and right from the get-go, I mean, it's a nice story. Uh, and I like, I always like character interaction um, between, you know, be- between various engines, mm-hmm. um, just going about their regular work day. Um, and in this particular instance here um it's nice that that we have uh, interaction between gordon and henry again uh kind of a reversal of their interaction in um not necessarily reversal but another interaction of them you know trading insults with each other just as they did in henry the green engine in uh in uh, gordon's right um, but I do like it. once again, uh, he you know, we have the uh line here. He says, Be careful, Henry, you're not pulling the flying <laughs> kipper now. So it's another, another one, uh, another reference to that incident from a couple books ago. It almost feels that perhaps this story was written at the time of um, you know, of Henry the Green Engine, uh, because it feels similar to Gordon's Whistle or something right. like that, uh, with that that opening interaction between them, unless it, he just, you know, thought that was another nice little uh, interaction to include. Well, in the well story. That's, the, that's the thing though, because I mean, of course now people have gone to quite big lengths to, you know, date everything and, you know, when exactly did it happen and where, uh, but, you know, I mean, at, at this time, obviously the Reverend was getting some idea of, what the island of Sodor was going to be. I mean, obviously it wasn't even called Sodor just yet, but um, it, it's interesting because we never, we, we don't really know at this point where incidents, uh, when things happen. I'm sure that there's someone who has way more knowledge than us that will gladly tell us where exactly on the timeline this happened. Uh, but it could very well have happened around the time of uh, Gordon's whistle, uh, you know, and uh because we've had other books where stories have taken place during other stories or before or after. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, but uh, as for the writing, I, I really, uh, that's an interesting thought now that you mention it, uh, you know, it's, and it could, it, it does feel sort of like something out of Henry the green engine. Uh, so, so that's, that's quite interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, something I'm noticing just reading this book is that, um, See Reginald Dalby, his illustrations, uh, I, it's hard to see the criticism, I, su- I guess, when he is illustrating uh, Thomas and Toby and Percy and the smaller yes. engines, um, and even Edward to an extent. But I do see um, the, uh, the large deficiency in his illustration for the larger mm-hmm. engines, particularly Gordon and Henry. I, I just can't imagine how how much better this book would look if John C. Kenny oh. illustrated it. Um, he he illustrated uh, Gordon particularly in such a wonderful mm. way. Gordon goes foreign. I'm not that crazy about the story necessarily, <laughs> but the illustrations are some of the best oh, in the whole definitely. series um, th- with with nice shots of Gordon. So 
um, or even um, or even Peter Edwards later. Yeah. So um, it illustrated Henry so well in stories like Super Rescue. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, it, really anyone but but Dolby <laughs> would have illustrated this book a lot better, unfortunately. And and as I said, I'm not I'm not really a no. Dolby hater by any means, and I and I like his illustrations for sure. the smaller engines, but really um, his uh, his deficiencies show when when it comes to the larger. They engines. do, and you know, I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest Dolby fan myself. I don't hate Dolby at all. I I think he gets kind of a bad rap at times because uh, he's not a bad illustrator by any stretch, but I, I do see what you mean with there being inconsistencies with the larger engines, definitely, uh, which which is quite unfortunate. Now, of course, we all know this story about Gordon falling into a ditch, and I I really, it, it again, it's not one of my favorite stories per se, but it's a story that I really liked when I was a little kid, and I, I, I don't know exactly what it is about this story, but uh, particularly the... Uh, the little song that the um, that the school children uh, sing, uh, you know, the Salil Jordan fell in a ditch. So quite amusing. Absolutely, and uh, and once again, the you know the comparisons to Henry the Green Engine um, are, are easy to make because yep. this this book in particular feels like um, basically the same template in yes. that we have uh, you know references within the book to the stories that happened earlier. So, right. um, so uh, just as in uh, Henry the Green Engine, there are numerous references to Henry being rebuilt um, and the Flying Kipper and even, even in the beginning of this story. But then later on in the book um, in Down the Mine, we reference this story. Right. So um, it, it's interesting um, and a, a nice way that he, that he would write a lot of the books. Yes. Um, going forward to reference the stories that happened earlier in the book. And it really gives the, um, the books a sense of uh, you, a, a sense of completion mm-hmm. um, and that they're, that they are a whole piece uh, in and of themselves as well as a, a volume in the overall railway series. But one of the great strengths of the series is that he managed to always find new and interesting stories and events for each different character oh, yes. Um, and so that there was always, whenever you think of one particular character, there are at least five stories that can come to mind, Mm. um, from various different books. And, you know, you think of Thomas, there are several stories you think of James, you can think of, uh, dirty objects or James and the coaches or, uh, James and the express, um, or leaves with the next story. Yes. Um, so it's, it's interesting that um, he managed to build this great cast of characters, but then also provide consistently good material for those characters to build up this world um, and build up this uh, compendium of different stories. That is, that is interesting. And with what you were saying about the continuity that I, I know that continuity has been a thing from the beginning of the railway series, but around the time of, I think, I, and I don't recall if we said this when we recorded that particular episode, but I think Henry the Green Engine was around the time that the continuity really started to, uh, you know, stick out as a thing. It's like, no, these things have all happened and such as that. And they get referenced and it's, it's just happening more and more. And it will happen more and more as the series progresses. And as we see these characters uh, through various obstacles. Uh, but your mention of leaves bring the, brings us nice to uh, a good transition to that story, which, um, depending on which uh, 
depending on if, if you're old enough to have lived in Britain in around the time that uh, this book was coming out, it, it you may know the story as Leaves or Autumn Leaves if you had any of the Johnny Morris uh, recordings of it where he refers to this story as Autumn Leaves. Hmm. Yeah, quite interesting. Um, another uh, story development here, or character development, uh, Sodor development, if yes. you will, um, is that we do get names of drivers in this in this story. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that we've had any names of drivers before uh, this. No. Um, so uh, we, you know, he says, uh, "Shut it, silly! Did you, did you, did ever you see such mud, Bert? No, I never." Alpha. Right. Um, so it's nice that we establish those. And then later in, um, in Edward, the blue engine, I believe that we do get, uh, some of the, uh, uh, some of the crew names right. as well, but, uh, but this is a nice little touch here at the beginning of the story. It is one of the rare occasions where crew members are actually named for the most part, they're either just driver, fireman, guard, what have you. Uh, but it is interesting in, in this and the next book that the crew are given names. And I think that that is a nice little touch. I wish I kind of wish that that had continued. But, you know, with with the introduction of new engines and such, there's always uh, how, how many names can one man think of, you know, but um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, again, uh, continuity. We have this is established that this is Gordon's hill yep. um, when uh, so uh, and it's. Is this the first time that it is called Gordon's Hill? I think that um, it, it's the first time it's named that specifically. There was reference to it in Thomas and the Trucks where it mentions the hill that Gordon got stuck on. But it, I think this is, if not the first, then one of the first times that it's referred to definitively as Gordon's Hill. It may have been referenced in Dirty Objects. I don't recall offhand. But... Um... So, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm uh, take it, trying to take a look back here. I think, um, I guess perhaps it's referenced in Troublesome Trust. Right, that one too. Maybe, um, but I actually, I don't, yeah, I, I don't see it. Um, no, no, no. Uh, no, it is yep, in Troublesome Trucks. It is referred to as Gordon. Oh, it is. Okay. So it's not. Oh, so that's... that might, that's probably the first time. Yes. Um, that it is referenced as, as such. But, um, but yeah, it's. Again, just nice. We have Henry's Tunnel, yes. Gordon's Hill. Um, again, just establishing that that story world, that continuity here. Um, and I do like the description. I've always liked that it says uh, Gordon's Hill used to be bleak and bare. Strong winds from the sea made it hard to right. climb. Trees were planted to give shelter, and in summer the trains run through a leafy avenue. Mm. I always like that um, that description of of the hill. Um, and I wish that that had been carried over into the TV series adaptation. That would have been nice. Um... We, we get a lot of other stuff in the in the TV series adaptation that we don't get in this story. But uh, likewise, it's it seems that there is a bit in the store in the original story that we don't get in the TV series, as you pointed out. Um, now, it's interesting that Gordon's Hill uh, in, in this story, at least, is based on uh, Bincombe Tunnel in Sussex. And uh, that that happens to be where the incident that inspired this story uh, took place. And uh, it it happens pretty much uh, as it happens in leaves. But uh, yeah. Well, and they well, they they mention it um, even in the story. Uh, he says, uh, you know, the, the driver says, who uh, I've never I've never known that happen right. before. And then the fireman says, I have in Pincombe Tunnel, southern region. So uh, 
again establishing that we are that they are part of the real mm-hmm. world. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess probably one of the few times where, or maybe the only time where the uh, the Reverend actually included a reference to the story on which this the the particular story is based I, the only time the reverend did it i think christopher might have done it once or twice but it's 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 a very rare occasion it's it's something that uh that we don't see all that often yeah it's a, i mean and it's a little odd i suppose the only other time that even mentions the basis of something would be um uh with uh in little old twins with the title right Lynn, right, right. Um, um the other thing I notice here, and I don't think that it was this way in um, in the previous books or anything like that. This is, I don't think it's the only time, but it's one of the few times where James's cab roof is black, which inspired the TV series. But for the majority of the series, James's cab roof is red. But in here, in several illustrations in this book, it's it's black, which it was in the TV series, and I always found that interesting. How uh, the TV series seemed to base James's uh, cab roof color off of a couple of illustrations in this one book, uh, whereas, as I said, the majority of the rest of the time, it's it's entirely red. Hmm. Yeah, that is that is quite interesting. Except the one or two times where it's white in a close. That's true. <laughs> um, in, in the TV series, particularly in I believe Buzz yes. Buzz. Um, but uh, there's the last illustration mm. in the book, um, or I mean, in the yes. in the story rather, um, is so you can clearly see that that particular illustration, or at least um, that type of illustration, was utilized in season one of the oh, TV yes. series. Um, as reference, because the little stretch of track that was used for a lot of the promo mm-hmm. shots um, in season one, not not really in the actual the actual right. series, but um, but in all the promo shots, it, that is almost a almost an exact copy of that last illustration. It is um, right down to the signal and and everything. So it, that's quite interesting. I, I never really noticed that before until just looking at this this uh, this illustration and that that. No, I, I hadn't either until you mentioned it, actually. But that's a very good catch. I like that. That's very cool. So, very, very cool indeed. Uh, it's it's always fun when you see, uh, looking back at the illustrations, where you see where the TV series got its, uh, um, got its ideas from. And that definitely is, now that you mentioned it, I can definitely see that that is the iconic season one promo shot. Uh, area so yes but that without a doubt (laughs) (laughs) all right well um speaking of season one this would have been the well this was in fact the pilot episode for season one or the story rather the story that was adapted into the pilot episode and then readapted into one of the later episodes of season one we have down the mine which is a kind of a legendary story throughout uh with throughout the uh, the railway series and uh, the TV series, and to a point, rightfully so. I mean, as I said, it was the uh, story that formed the pilot episode, and then one of the later season one episodes. Um, and you know, it it has a strong ending. Uh, the beginning is just kind of okay, in my opinion. But, um, so hmm. yeah, I I mean, I I think it's I think it's honestly one of Thomas's oh, strongest is. stories in the railway series. He didn't. Um, I I feel that. Uh, 
you, like we said, I mean, he, he still came up with many stories for Thomas, but of course they wrote many right. additional stories for Thomas for the TV series. Um, but this, I think, is one of the strongest uh, stories that the Reverend wrote for Thomas, um, even though it almost feels a little... Um, it almost feels... Part of the problem with the way that he wrote Thomas is that if Thomas, you know, Thomas became a really useful engine and got his own branch line and got Annie right. and Clarabelle and then all is well, um, and then he's no longer a cheeky mm-hmm. engine. But but part of the problem is is that for all the other stories that he that he would come up with for Thomas, he's basically regressing back to his original self and doing something cheeky that he should know better not to do. And later he used Percy kind of as that as a replacement for that type yes. of story. Um, in terms of something like Percy takes the plunge, which is um, basically down the mine um, <laughs> to, to yeah. a certain extent. Um, but, uh, um, and even with a reference to that, of course, but, but a lot of the, you know, kind of curious, cheeky uh, characteristics of Thomas were later basically just put into Percy um, for, for stories. Um, and I don't know if that was conscious on his part or not, but, um, but it really does seem like Thomas was regressing a little bit, it, particularly right. in this story, and then also later in Thomas Comes to Breakfast. It does. Um, those are two th- things. Now, of course, Thomas Comes to Breakfast, technically it wasn't really his fault, mm-hmm. but um, in this one, it is oh, uh, entirely his fault. Um, but it, but it's a nice story, and again, I always love when something new is introduced, so the, this new industry um with the mine we never right. see it again um but it's a it's a nice uh, a nice a nice story and a nice setting um and again just nice, nice to see thomas and gordon back together kind of uh taking us back almost to square one in in thomas it Tank is Engine. and um I'll, I'll, i have a comment about thomas and gordon that i'll get to in a moment um now of course most, I would think that many people would know the inspiration for this story. Um, but for those who don't, uh, there was an incident on the Furnace Railway in 1892, which formed the basis for uh, this story. However, the real-life incident ended with much more tragic results. Um, at Lindahl in Furnace, a, a tank engine was... Uh, it it went past a danger notice and it ended up falling down a mine shaft. Um, the mine shaft itself was already collapsing and it sank completely out of sight. Um, and it is, uh, although official records are, um, don't say it is a, it is believed that the engine collapsed to about 200 feet underground. Um, I don't recall if the crew were saved or not. I, kind of doubt it unfortunately but um but yes thankfully the reverend wrote a much more lighter story for thomas because uh this uh had he followed real life we this we might not have any more thomas thankfully he didn't though very true yeah and uh, uh again i mean in this story here um the illustrations are just all over the place in terms of quality. Um, the first illustration is, is yes. looks ridiculous. Um, it looks like Thomas is one of the small railway engines compared to right. Gordon, um, just absurdly oh, yeah. small. Um, and uh, but then, 
But then the fourth mm. illustration uh, with Thomas shunting the trucks at the mine is oh, a great yeah. illustration. And I like um, I, something I always like in, in the railway series is when we get the view of the mm. back of an engine, um, just because we often that's often the one time where you can really sense the size of right. an engine, um, particularly in branch line engines. There's a few nice illustrations yep. of Percy um, by John T. Kenny that I really like um, that you see the back of Percy or I should say like a three quarter mm. kind of profile. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's a, it's a, it's a nice story. Like I said, it's one of the better Thomas stories of the railway series. And, um, and as you said earlier, it does oh, have yes. a great ending. Um, and, you know, I, I think the ending of this story in particular is one of the most iconic endings to any railway series story ever. Um, and it really is because we, we were talking earlier uh, at, towards the beginning of this review about continuity this really kind of brings the Thomas and Gordon relationship full circle from, you know, from the beginning of book two to the ending of the third story in uh, book eight, where, you know, they go from being antagonistic towards each other. Um, and then over time, Thomas learns, he becomes a really useful engine. He gets his own branch line. And then finally, uh, Gordon, who is already in disgrace for, uh, falling into the ditch just a few days or weeks earlier uh, helps Thomas out and they form an alliance and of course you know the final line of uh, the uh, of the story and buffer to buffer the allies popped home fantastic ending um, I think it's just a beautiful ending to uh, a, it's a great cap to that relationship and we don't really see that much Thomas and Gordon but from after this i mean but but whenever we do their relationship for going forward is a bit different than it was in the first eight books and i think that this it's really the turning point of that um so yeah it's just it's it's great i i really i really enjoy this uh at least the ending of this story is fantastic yeah yeah, absolutely i i 100 agree um and I I like the relationship between Thomas and yes. Gordon always, um, so it's a yeah it's a it's a nice little story. Um, I do also like in the last illustration um, that the steam is right. going forward, showing that they're right. puffing backwards. Um, just a nice little nice little touch there. Um, but that leads us into our next story: it Paint does. Pots and Queens. Um, which, uh, which I always, I all, whenever I'm thinking about it in my head, I always say paint right. pots and queens, um, but it, it's yes, paint yes. pots and queens. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a and also known as Thomas meets the Queen for the U.S. Uh, TV series right. adaptation. Um, but this was a very, it was a very topical story. It was a very timely story because this came out. Uh, this book came out mm-hmm. in 1953. Um, and this was the era of the, the coronation of oh, yes. Elizabeth II. So it's a, um, nice, uh, a nice story here. And once again, reminds us that this is a, uh, a, a truly yes. British series um, and, and a British, uh, British book. But uh, it, it starts off so mm-hmm. quickly. Um, of course, it, you know, if we're used to the TV series adaptation, we have the whole recap of of down the mine and uh and off the rails at the beginning um so that there it kind of eases into the story of the queen coming that this immediately uh just jumps right into 
uh, to the engines wondering who's I, going I was, to pull I was the royal say, train. Because the, the TV series adaptation comes a whole three seasons after that. Right, absolutely. Um, so this is, but it's it's a nice, uh, you know, it's a it's a nice story. Um, I, I like the bit of comedy where the <laughs> painter falls off um, and, uh, you know, and lands yeah. on Henry with the paint. Um, and then the fat controller uh, telling him that, uh, that he looks like a knight, that he looks like an <laughs> iced cake. Which, which um, this so incident it's... did happen um, and in a place called Preston. So, yes. Hmm. I always love the uh, mm. the coaling stage um, at um, at Tidmouth. It's such a lovely uh, location and uh, one that we that we never got yeah. in the TV series, really. Um, but it's a it's a nice it is uh, nice. it's a nice place um, and nice illustration. I think it's I do like the the interaction between Thomas and Gordon and Sir Topham Hatt in this episode mm-hmm. or in this story rather. Um, that uh, Gordon asking if Thomas can right. have his branch line again, and Thomas asking if Gordon can pull coaches now again. It shows the, the mm. progression in their relationship, and uh, it, it's nice. It's 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 uh yeah, it's just nice that they're that they're trying to be friendly uh, to is. each other. But uh, this isn't one of my favorite stories necessarily. I mean, I think it's it, it's a nice little nice little story but i can't say it's one i really read very no. much as a, as a child or or one that i really reread on on any particular occasion but it's a it's a nice closure to to this it book is. um but uh you know and it, it is interesting that at the end uh the last line is and no engines ever felt prouder than thomas and edward and gordon the big engine um but apparently none of the other <laughs> engines in the illustration no. <laughs> felt proud which, which the tv uh, series kind of remedies <laughs> that by uh, no engines ever felt prouder than those on the fat controllers that way so. correct yeah absolutely and and i think that this is um of course we'll get to that episode but i do think that this is one where the episode is, is i i would i would agree um christopher disagrees with both of us in fact um according to because i have my copy of Soto reading between the lines in front of me as well as my copy of uh, Gordon the Big Engine. Uh, Christopher seems to think that this story is, uh, to quote, a small masterpiece, one very tiny authentic incident around which is woven an interplay that never loses its drive and interest. So that's Christopher's thoughts. That's, very that's Christopher's interesting. Thoughts, but, um, um, <laughs> you know, can't say uh, I agree, but. Uh... <laughs> and I, I do think it's a decent story. I don't. It's not one of my favorites per se. Uh, I I do like the idea of, uh, you know, uh, being an Anglophile. I like the idea of the royal family. I find it fascinating. I find the royal family in general fascinating, and so I do like the idea of the Queen of England coming to Sodor, as I have ever since I first saw Thomas meets the Queen. But um, but yeah, the story itself is just okay. You know, I I would say. Uh, of the four, I think that this is probably, while it has the most that happens in it, I don't think it's the strongest of the four. I, I think definitely Down the Mine is probably the strongest, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, we, we've come to the end of the book. I, I mean, I would I would say if I had to rank them, I would say Down the Mine. Um, uh, down the Mine leaves... Off the rails. Yeah, I, I would say Queens. That. And I would say, um, like I said, we would get to, um, we'll get to the the episode uh, yes. 
the trouble with mud. Um, but uh, but I do feel that this this is a, the story is one of the uh, in general. I I mean I I would say. No. I'm not a purist by any means, um, really, um, for the railway series. And I would say that in general, um, I feel that many of the TV series adaptations were improvements mm-hmm. on the original railway series stories. No. Um, not all of them, but but many of them were, I think. Um, but Leaves is, is one where <laughs> it's absolutely the opposite. The The railway series story, I think, is, is much better than the TV series adaptation. Um, so it's uh, – but that's – yeah uh, – like I said, I, I would say down the mine, leaves off the rails, and paint pots and queens would be I, my personal ranking. I, of the I stories. have to agree. I I do think for for me, leaves and off the rails are kind of on par. Um, but you know, I I I I think if I had to choose one over the other, I'd say leaves is probably a little bit better. So yeah. But uh, but yes. So that is our review of Gordon the Big Engine, the eighth book in the railway series uh we're getting through those at a nice pace i think so uh let us know your thoughts about them please we would love some feedback uh so please let us know of the four which uh which which story do you think is best is it off the rails leaves down the mine or paint pots and queens you can of course find us on twitter at talking thomas one uh, and facebook.com uh, slash talking thomas pod you can find us on anchor uh, stitcher uh, apple podcast google podcasts anywhere that you can find good podcasts really and so uh yes but uh so as i said this has been our re- um review of gordon the bait engine uh, thank you all very much for listening <laughs>